Welcome to All In with Allie. Hello. I'm back. (laughs) I'm so happy right now. I am so freaking excited and happy to finally be speaking into a microphone for real and speaking here with you. I'm back, baby. Woo! It's been a, ooh, it's been a minute. I have not, by the way, this was not planned. This hiatus that ended up being what, September, October, November, three months. This three month hiatus was not intentional. This was not the plan. This is just what life served up to me on a silver platter and your girl surrendered to it. And here we are. (laughs) I honestly was not even wanting to record in these circumstances either. This is just also what life served me on a silver platter. My nails, if you see the, oh my gosh, my nails are freaking trash. I'm missing the nail on my pointer finger. Not that it matters because this is a podcast, but we are going to be repurposing these videos for marketing and social media content. And I want it to look good. You know, like I wanted to look like a proper host with her stuff together. And I just don't because yesterday was Christmas. As I record this, we got snow. Our nanny has been sick. I got sick at the end of last week. We're about to leave town, you know, and I had a moment this morning where I was starting to feel a little frustrated and stressed about this, particularly this podcast, because I've been looking forward to this moment for so long and I just wanted to make it so good and look good and all things. And I was like, damn, it's not going to be like exactly how I want it to be. But then I realized like I titled this all in podcast. We're going to talk about that. We'll talk about like why I rebranded it the way that I did. But one of the reasons why is because like in order for us to what I believe we are here to do, which is to truly claim whatever all it is that we want, right? Like it's going to look different for all of us. We have to be able to balance life. We're going to have to be able to roll with the punches and get things done and not get hung up by crap, right? Like when you're a mom and you're trying to run a business at the same time, it's not going to be perfect circumstances. And there's going to be things that you need to get done. Throw a podcast in the mix and all the other things, same thing. So I just had a moment this morning where I was like, no, this is, I'm just going to have to do it and it's going to be great. And and it's exactly what, what it needs to be. It's going to be exactly what it needs to be. So here we are. I've missed you. I wanted to make this episode just a rundown of what has been going on in my world over the past three months, because a lot has happened. And if you follow me on social, you know a lot about it, but I'm going to share it here. And this is going to be a personal episode, which is new for the podcast for anybody who's been a listener back when this was Six Figure Influencer. I kept it pretty focused on business for the most part. And that's one of the things that I wanted to upgrade with this 
version of the podcast with this new rebrand is adding in a bit more behind the scenes because it's the behind the scenes that makes the business work. The business doesn't work if the behind the scenes doesn't work, you know? So I think it's really important to paint the picture, to to paint the whole picture, not just the shiny business picture or even sometimes the hard business picture, but the real life picture behind the scenes too. So my job here and and my new dedication to you is to, to give you a bit more of that picture versus just the business side. So this episode, that's what I'm going to be doing. It's kind of my chance to get reacquainted with you and, and also be really freaking honest. That's another thing that I'm dedicated in this new rebrand of the podcast from here on out moving forward is being brutally honest and truly setting forth on my path of being my full ass self. Finally, for once. I think for some people, it's a lot easier just to be themselves. Like I have a really good, like one of my best girlfriends, her name is Kayla. And she is the most authentic, true to form, all caps version of herself at all times. Like for better or worse, you are going to get her no matter what. And I have always admired that about her. And it's just who she is. And it's very easy for her. Like there's no other way for her. So I think that there must be people out there that resonate with that. And then there must be people out there that resonate with me where it's not quite as easy. And I think this has to do with my human design because I think it's my heart center that's open and we're not going to get into this, but I learned about that, like what it means to have a heart center open. And that's where you're kind of a chameleon a little bit. And you kind of pick up on other people's energies and and you're really good at just blending into the environment versus just truly holding steady on like who you are. And that resonates deeply with me. So with this podcast and with my business, you know, for a really long time, I would just show up as like who I thought you wanted me to be who, you know, or, or who was like really winning at the time and being successful, who I looked up to was like, okay, I need to be more like that. I need to be more buttoned up. Okay. I need to be more polarizing. Okay. I need to be more this, more that versus like, or, you know, just be who I am and who I am is who I am with my partner, with you know my husband, Chris, with my best friends, the friends who have known me for a decade plus when you're around somebody enough, they, you can't pretend anymore. You know, you are who you are. And I want to be that with you because what I am learning, and I've talked about this before in other episodes, but what I've just seen, this has been like the truth thread through everything in my business journey is that the more that you are yourself and the more that you let your true voice come through. And this is obviously speaking to those of us who are building brands online, who like our job is to have our voices heard and to create. 
But the more that we are able to do that from the truest place of who we are, the more that the right people, the people that we are here on the planet to serve can hear us and find us. I have this analogy. I call it the lighthouse analogy where this makes sense to me. This is how I think about it. I think about it like we're all individual lighthouses in these really dark ports. And it's not until you start truly showing up as yourself that your that your light starts shining really, really bright. The more you are who you are, your light gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And then the people are the ships, right? The ships are the people and they're floating past different harbors and they can, once your light is shining, they can finally see you and be like, oh, that is the port that I'm meant to be at. Or no, that's not my port. <laughs> that is not my person. You know, that's that's not where I'm meant to be. Right. When you're truly who you are, people people will know that you're there. You're there for them or you're just not, you know, we're not meant to vibe and be for every single person. So we can only know that when when you're truly letting yourself be you. So this with this rebrand and and the break it's really given me a chance to to i guess i don't know get get pumped up, get brave enough to show up here and and fully be who I am. And I've been doing that. It's not like, you know, the past episodes, especially like the latest ones over the past, I would say 2022, I've been so much more myself, way, way, way more. And I think that's why the podcast back when it was Six Figure Influencer started gaining so much traction this year was for that reason, right? I was finally like letting myself come out. Thus, the right people were able to hear me and find me. And I just, I'm continuing on that journey. So why I say that now is because I'm going to be sharing with you a lot of truths, a lot of raw moments. Um, you know, over the past three months, I lost my mom. I'm going to be talking about that. I'm going to be, I'm going to be very honest about it. So just a forewarning, I guess. And if you are somebody who doesn't love personal episodes, that's totally cool. Next week will likely be focused on business. So you're in good hands. But yeah, let's let's go ahead and get into it. So why the new podcast vibe? What are we doing? Why did I change the title? What's going on? So I have shared before that I've been wanting to change the title of the podcast. I love the title Six Figure Influencer. It means the world to me. It served me so well while it was there. Um, One of my favorite stories as an entrepreneur on my business journey is choosing the title Six Figure Influencer because I started this podcast in the beginning of my business. And at the point that I titled the podcast Six Figure Influencer, I had not made six figures yet in the business. I knew I would, which is why I felt very comfortable titling myself the Six Figure Influencer, but I hadn't done it yet. So 
it was definitely um, kind of like an act of faith and, and a bet on myself, I guess. And that title served me really, really well. But over time, the title just wasn't as spot on. It, it wasn't, I don't know. It seemed like the more that time went, the more that I kind of discovered my own voice in podcasting and the type of episodes and, and content that I really like to talk about here, the more that I was able to discover that the less that six figure influencer made sense as the title. So I knew I wanted to change it. And I had, <laughs> I had a session, um, when we were at Miraval resort in Austin, Texas with my private clients, I, I hosted a retreat for my private clients and some mastermind members earlier this year. And while I was there, I saw one of my favorite intuitives at Miraval and we were having a conversation and I asked her, I said, Hey, I, I want to rebrand the podcast. Is there a specific time? Do you think like, should I do it now? Should I wait? And she said, you absolutely should do it but you will know when it's the right time. And as soon as she said that, I was like, of course, that might sound like a cop-out answer to you. But to me, as soon as she said it, I was like, yeah, obviously. And I knew exactly what that meant because in this, I have moments like that in life, but especially in business. Like whenever I started my podcast, I always knew prior to starting it that I would start one, but it wasn't the right time. And then all of a sudden it just was. Like one day I woke up and it was like, oh, we need to start the podcast like now. Like th that was the feeling. It was like, no, the time is now. It was with every fiber of my being, I felt that. So I knew when it came to the rebrand and just refining what we're doing here, I would know when that would be. And after I had Rhett and lost my mom and this turned into a three month hiatus about midway through that, I said, okay, this, this is the perfect time. I'm just going to capitalize on this season, take care of myself, take care of my family, button up some things. And then when I return, it will be under that new title and the new brand. And here we are. So the title all in, there's two reasons why I titled it that it's kind of like a two, a two pronged justification of why I chose that, that title. The first one is, and if you listen to the, uh, we have a trailer now for the podcast, which is really cool. But if you listen to the trailer, I explain this, but I truly believe with everything in me that we are meant to, to have it all, to be, do, and have it all. That doesn't mean like literally it all. It means for each one of us, we have that best case scenario in our minds, right? And that's not even a good way to put it. We have like the dream life, the the dream, the vision in our minds of of what we actually want to do and who we actually want to be. I think that's a better way to to put it. Who we want to be in this lifetime, right? So for some of us, that's to be an incredible hands-on mom. For some of us, that's, you know, to, to get married and, and to experience that in our lifetime. 
for those of us listening, most of us listening, it's also to be an entrepreneur and a business owner and to run a team or just to do it solo. For some people, it's to travel the world. And right. So like we all have these different titles that we're like, I, I, I truly believe if we have the vision, if we have it on our heart is something like, man, I really want to do that. Like, I, I feel like that that's something I really want. There's a reason why. And we can have it if you commit to it. And if you actually go for it, if you believe that you can, and you actually go for it. So I believe that we can do be and have it all if we go for it. So that's the first piece, right? All in is like all the all that we want. And that's going to look different for you. That's going to look different for me. That's going to look different for everybody. It's, it's a very personal journey. So that's the first piece. And then the second piece is the caveat to that is like, yes, you can have that if you go for it, if you commit to it, if you don't settle for anything else. That's not to say it's going to be perfect. That's not to say it's going to be exactly how you envisioned, right? Life is still going to do life. We are co-creators here. We only know a snapshot. We we have a very limited perspective of of our lives and and what we think we want and and what we're capable of and and all the things. There's a higher force at work here who's also working with us to create this. So that presence is also going to have say in what life delivers to us. But our job is to keep refining that vision and to keep moving toward it. The vision's going to evolve. We are going to evolve. Life is going to evolve. Everything is going to move. It's a moving target. Our job is to keep refining and moving toward it and be all in on that. So that's the second piece. I would add like a sub second piece to that too is what I've seen in my own business and so many businesses of the women that I work with it's the those of us that are most successful that treat our businesses as true businesses as like the only option we are all in it's those of us who are all in so to speak on our businesses that get those insane results you see a lot of other people who they have the vision right they they want to make it work but they also have that plan b they also have the, okay, but if it doesn't work, I'll just do this, right? They they have that life raft. And there's something about that life raft that, I don't know, just makes it to where it's not all in. And in my experience, it's those people that kind of have their one foot in, one foot out vibe that don't really quite get the same level of results. Something about their energy and their approach, it affects everything, you know? Like, and another way that I think about this is with relationships. If anybody has ever been in a relationship with a dude who isn't all in on you, you know what that feels like. You know, the the guy who also has other options and who kind of treats you like an option, it's not going to be good. You know, like that relationship, it's not going to last. If you have other options in a relationship, it's not going to last. It's only when there's no other options. And obviously everybody has different relationships and, you know, 
I'm not saying like they're polyamorous relationships. I think is that is that the word? You get what I'm saying? Or like you're both cool with multiple partners. That's not what I'm talking about. But like monogamous couples <laughs> who want a monogamous monogamous situation. When the other partner isn't all in on you, you know it. And it's not going to work. Like that's not going to end well. That's that's the way that I think about it in business too. It's just something about the vibe. It's It doesn't produce the same. It's not at the same frequency as, as those results, the results that you want, the big next level results of, you know, whatever that looks like consistent 10k months 20k 50k six figure months all of that is at the frequency of somebody who is truly dedicated to what they're doing so that's another reason why I titled this the all-in podcast because this is for those of us who were in it to win no matter what we understand that life's gonna do life and we're just here to to ride the waves and and we're committed regardless of what life gives to us. So that's the new vibe. Like I said, we're still going to be talking about business. This is going to be very, 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 very similar to Six Figure Influencer with the addition of a few more personal behind the scenes elements. So that's the new vibe. And that's why. Now, what have I been up to? <laughs> Let's talk about that behind the scenes piece real quick. So where I left you last, I was about to have a baby. I was very, very pregnant. I think the last episode that I posted went live on. Yeah, it was the week that I had my baby. And where I left you last, I did not know the gender of that baby. We now know the gender (laughs) considering the baby's three months old. And yeah, it was, it was very exciting. I was 38 weeks pregnant. The last episode that posted did not know the gender. The Friday of that week, I went in for a routine, you know, the routine 38 week checkup. I was feeling fine. Everything was normal. And they were checking the baby's heart rate as they do and noticed that it was a little elevated. So they sent me in for a non, is it stress test or non-stress test? I can never remember. They strapped me to a bunch of monitors and they continued to monitor the baby's heart rate. And it was just doing all kinds of crazy stuff. It would like get really elevated and then they would kind of drop down be like past the normal range and then would go back to normal and then back elevated. And it just kept doing that. So my doctor came in and she was like, look, honestly, at this point, I would much rather the baby out of you than in you. So if there is an issue we can see versus sending you home. So they induced me and I had nothing ready. I was not even close to prepared. I was waiting for the nesting urge to kick in because I remember very clearly with cruise that nesting urge, it kicked in and it was like, okay, now we do all the things. We finish the room, we fold and clean all the laundry and we get the bag together and all of that. But like it never came until I kid you not the day before they induce me, I finally got the nesting urge 
I ripped apart my closet the night before and thought I had so much more time, still had not packed my bag, nothing. You know, it was like second kid, whatever, wasn't stressed at all. Thought for sure that I would probably make it at least to full, t- well, you know, like maybe the week before or week of due date. No. They induced me. I had to call Chris. I had to send him my list. I at least had a list of what I wanted to pack in my hospital bag. I had to send him the list and he did pretty good. And he brought that and Rhett was with us the following morning at 510 AM. He was born on September 10th on a full moon. Fun fact, Cruz was also born on a full moon, which is really cool. And yeah, Rhett is a boy. (laughs) Rhett Robert Ronald Reeves is what we named him. Rhett because we just really like the name. Robert after my dad. Ronald after Chris's dad. And he is everything. With Cruz, very early on, like I... So I have two kids. If you're if you're new around here, I have two kids. Both are boys. By the way, if anybody had ever told me I would be a mom of boys, just boys, I would not have believed you. I don't know. That's something that I never pictured for myself. And here I am. And so far, so good. And I'm kind of loving it. But it's just it's crazy to me still like still to this day. I'm like, oh, my God, I have I have kids, plural and their boys. <laughs> it's just the craziest thing to me. But with Cruz, that was my first baby. And very early on, his energy was, he made it very known who he was. And I didn't know that at the time, but in hindsight, I'm like, wow, like early on as a baby, he was showing us exactly who he was, like what his energy was. And it has been consistent ever since. Like super early on, Cruz was super independent, super stubborn. Oh man, he was so stubborn. He was full of energy. He was just like bouncing off the walls at all times. And that's just who he is in the best way. He's just a wild, wild little boy in the best way. Doesn't really like to snuggle you know, he's just, he cannot be stopped. He cannot be tamed. He's just Cruz. So we, in hindsight, again, he, that's just who he was always like, even as an infant, which is so weird to say, but it's so true. And with Rhett, he so far is serving us very the opposite. And I'm very thankful. (laughs) He is calm He's sweet, which Cruz is very sweet too, but like sweet, just like snuggly. He's, it's just different. The energy is just different. And I'm really, really excited about that because I feel like I have a really nice balance of the two. So that's what we have going on over here. I have two boys, Cruz and Rhett, and it's just it is insane. I don't know what life is anymore. It's just, I'm, I'm still coming to terms with this new normal and 
you know, and that's that's another piece here too that that's been happening over the past three months is, you know, new mom life. Like Rhett, <laughs> Rhett is three months old, three three and a half months old at this point, and sleep is a little bit better. It's not perfect, but when after I had him, I was planning on taking about a month off, which is exactly what I did, and. I was hoping to have a little bit more time to get him on a schedule, but life happened at the end of that time, which we'll get to. And um, yeah, so by the time that I was back to work, which I had a lot, a lot of work to get back to, which we'll also talk about because <laughs> I made some big mistakes that I will not be making again. It, uh, yeah, all I could handle was taking care of myself and my boys and, and my business. Like there was no room for podcasting. So it honestly was such a, such a nice break, but it's been quite the transition. And as somebody who's used to like, go, go, go all the time, you know, I'm, I'm a Manny Jen. I'm just used to producing a high level amount. I'm used to producing at a high level and it just, it's not the season for that. So the lesson of this season has been surrender, which I'm the worst. Okay. I'm not going to say that I'm getting better at. <laughs> it has been hard. It's been so hard, but, but we're okay. We're making it. So Rhett came, right? September 10th. Now let's talk about my mom. So backstory my mom okay she was diagnosed with cancer last year in 2021 and she was diagnosed in the late spring of summer summer 2021 and uh when she was diagnosed with cancer which essentially was like it was in her lady parts like fallopian tubes and you know so that area obviously she wanted to not obviously, but she wanted to pursue treatment and the best treatment that we knew at the time was in Nashville. And I live in Mount Juliet, which is outside of Nashville. She lived, she's dead now. <laughs> okay. Here's something that you need to know. I deal with traumatic situations with humor which is a trauma response. I understand and I need therapy. Okay. But that's just how I deal and it makes me feel better. So if you don't like that, I'm sorry, but that's just, it makes me feel better. She lived in Crossville, which is two and a half hours outside of, of Nashville. So we moved my mom in with us. Okay. We were like, look, we want you to get treatment, come live with us and you'll get chemo and in the things. So she did. And another piece of backstory about me and my mom is we have an interesting relationship. I love her with all of my heart. She is my mom. And we just had kind of a, a strained dynamic for a myriad of reasons though those of which I'm not going to get into here because it is personal but like 
when we would get together, it was definitely, it was like one of those things where I would revert right back to like the little girl. Well, in, in weird ways, like, like it was so strange. I like couldn't hold my power. It was so weird, but we also had like a reverse dynamic where like I was the parent and she was the child. And it's been like that for years, which was, was one of the biggest reasons why our, our relationship was so strained because of that dynamic, which I really didn't want to be that way, but it just was what it was. So when we agreed for her to move in with us, I knew it was going to be interesting and it was us rolling the dice, but I was like, dude, it's my mom. Like, of course we're going to do everything we can for her to get treated. So she moved in with us. She lived with us from, I think she moved in, in June and she moved out the following January or February. So however many months that is, it felt a lot longer and it was a roller coaster. (laughs) It was, it was intense. We had good moments for sure. And we had a lot of rocky moments just again, like, you know, having a young kid and, and growing a business and, and then having your mom with you, it was just a lot on top of that. Like our relationship was kind of strained, you know, it was, it was a lot. But either way, she went, she got her full treatment of chemo. And at the end of chemo, she got the, the all clear. She got tested again. Her levels were fantastic. Basically, you know, the cancer was gone and it was so cool. We were so thankful. It was all beyond worth it, you know, and I was you know, obviously super happy about that. So she gets it all clear and she goes back home. Now, mom was supposed to come back for some appointments, you know, like housekeeping and making sure that levels were still maintaining. And I think she was supposed to also like be on a medication. Well, I guess like something happened with her insurance and she just never came back. She just, she never went to another doctor appointment, never got this medication. And it was one of those things that like I knew and I mentioned a couple of times. And then finally I was like, I cannot, I'm not her mom. (laughs) You know, like she's, she is a, you know, like the mantra that I had for her forever was like, I'm not her mom. I am the daughter. (laughs) Like, let it go. She's, she's an adult. So she just didn't come back. And, you know, she, she was living her life and I was like, cool, you know what? Like, and on another hand, and I talked to one of my neighbors is a cancer survivor. And I talked to her about this and she brought up a really good point. She was like, Allie, it's, it's really traumatizing. Like when you get diagnosed with cancer and then you go through all of that treatment and you have to go that many times and you get sick and you lose all your hair and, you know, and like the fear that comes with all of that too. And like, what if it doesn't work? She said, it's really traumatizing. And she said, when I got done with that, like, I I didn't want to step foot into a doctor's office. I didn't want to, you know, like anytime I would have to go back, I would have like full blown panic attacks. And that really helped me understand why my mom was so avoidant. 
And I'm really grateful for that perspective. But but yeah, she she avoided it. Let me tell you that. And it's unfortunate that she did. Because. Well, let me just share this with you. So. After mom moved out. Because we had had so much time with each other, so much quality time. We didn't talk for a while. <laughs> we we're like, okay, let's let's take a little break, sees. You know, you do you, I'm gonna do me. And, you know, we would talk like here and there, of course, and saw each other a couple of things, but like we we kept our distance for a while. You know, and life was just busy and and I was pregnant and like business, business this year from January to right up to September was right up to having a baby was the best it's ever been. I mean, like next level, busy in the best way, just like incredible. So I was very focused on that. And then summer came around and I'm getting more and more pregnant. And I kind of realized like, okay, I haven't seen my mom in a while. I miss her. I need, I want to like, I feel like we need to reconnect like something on my heart. And now in hindsight, I understand why I was having this feeling. And I'm so thankful that I paid attention, but I was having this feeling of like, I need to like reconnect with my mom somehow, you know, if there's any kind of funk, we need to, we need to iron out the funk. So I had that on my heart. And then in July, I had the big six-figure month. My first six-figure month. I had worked so hard for, I had worked so long for, and it finally happened. And I've shared this story before, but I'm going to share it again. But a, a brief version. But at the end, I, I wanted to celebrate, right? I was like, how do I anchor in this moment? I've always, you know, I've wanted this since I knew it was even available for me to create was a six-figure month and it just happened. How do I want to celebrate? And I decided I wanted to buy myself a Cartier love bracelet because I've wanted it since I was a little girl because of my mom, because she was the one who ever like first told me about Cartier love bracelet, like back when I was a little girl literally making paper dolls. I remember having this conversation and I was like, I think I'm going to buy myself this bracelet, but I went to order it and I was like, wait, I want like the experience. And then I realized, wait, the whole reason why I even want this thing is because of my mom. So what if me and my mom go take a trip together and make this a whole experience? So that's exactly what I decided to do. And it was great timing because I was like, I, I've been wanting to do something with my mom to, to like reconnect anyway. So, and it's just, y'all, it's so crazy how life happens and like the timing and how beautifully this all, this all transpired, okay? So first and foremost, Okay. I was so pregnant. I was, when I decided to do this, I was like 30 weeks pregnant. I I was coming up really, really close to the limit when they don't want you to fly anymore. I think they don't, I can't remember when that limit is now, but I was getting really close. I think I was past 30 weeks pregnant. So I was getting close to the point where like, they don't want you to fly. 
so I, I decided, okay, I want to, I want to do this thing, but we're going to have to fly. And the only places that there are Cartier stores in the United States is, um, Atlanta, New York, Dallas. I think there's one in California, possibly one in Miami. And my first instinct was New York. I was like, that would be really cool. We could go to New York and make it just like a day trip, go to Cartier, get our bracelets, fly back home like after a day and spend like a day and a night in New York. And that could be really, really fun. But I was so pregnant that that didn't quite feel right to me. Something about, cause I've, I've only been to New York one time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how to navigate New York on a good day, let alone a hundred months pregnant, let alone with my mom <laughs> who definitely wouldn't be able to navigate the area. So something about that, like, I didn't want to go to Atlanta. I knew nothing about Dallas, but like New York, I was like, I think it's New York, but something about this isn't real right. So as I'm like working through this in my mind, I had a call with one of my private clients, Jana at the time. And we get on a call and we were talking about my six figure month because she was just wanting to hear, you know, the, the behind the scenes of how it happened. And she asked me how I wanted to celebrate. And I was like, you know what? It's so funny you ask because this is what I want to do, you know? And I, I gave her the, the spiel just like I gave you. And I was like, but like, maybe we go to New York. I don't know. She was like, no. And it's the, this is so crazy how this happened. She looked me dead in my eye. She didn't miss a beat. She said, no, you need to go to Dallas. And I was like, what do you mean? And so she used to live I think in the Dallas area or in Dallas, actually, I think. And she was like, you need to go to Dallas. You could fly into Dallas Love Field and you need to go to Highland Park. It's a shopping area and it's like the most exquisite shopping you've ever seen. It's stunning. It's beautiful. It's easy. There's places to eat. It's an easy nonstop flight. Southwest. Da, 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 da. I mean, just like like I teed her up for this. And she knocked it out of the park, like didn't miss a beat. And then it just like with everything in my soul, it was like, that's it. That, that is, is the missing link that I'm looking for. I'm not like, I'm meant to do this Cartier thing, but not in New York. I'm meant to do it in Dallas. So as soon as I got off the call with her, I looked it up. I looked up Highland Park, which holy crap, amazing. And I was like, okay, this is it. Now, this is, again, this is not something that I usually do. Like, I don't just like decide to take overnight trips and just like up and leave, especially super pregnant. So I didn't know how Chris would feel about it. And, and also, this is the first time that he's hearing about me wanting to buy not one Cartier Lead bracelet, but two. So this was kind of a lot to like unpack with him. But he like walked into my office and, and I was like, look. Here's, I need to tell you what I'm thinking. I'm wanting to do something. Here's what I'm wanting to do. Tell me how you feel about it. And I told him and he looked at me. He was like, you got to do it. That's awesome. I was like, really? <laughs> and he's always supportive. But like, I, I thought for sure he'd be like, can't you just order it? Like you're really pregnant and, and you want to do that with your mom. And, you know, and, but he was like, no, he was like, that's, I think that would be really nice for you and your mom to do. You guys need that. 
And I said, yeah, we do need that. So I called mom and I told, oh, oh, oh. And I wanted to keep it a surprise. I decided that I wanted this to be a surprise for her. Okay. So another piece of backstory on mom is she had very little, had very, very little. And it's been like that since I was a a kid. And so like Cartier, (laughs) love bracelet, like that's not never in a million years, never in a million years would she ever expect this or like even, even think to want it because it just wouldn't be in the realm of possibility in her mind. Okay. So I got really excited. I was like, I want this to be a surprise for her. So what I did was I called her up and I was like, Hey, I need to go to Dallas a really quick trip for a day where like literally fly out, spend the day, spend the night and then come back the next day. And I was curious if you wanted to go with me. And I could tell she was kind of surprised. She was like, really? And I was like, yeah, do you want to go? It could be fun. We could like do a little bit of shopping and, you know, make it like a really a, a fun little nice short trip. And she was like, I would love to. Yeah, that sounds great. And I could tell she was so excited. So I was like, yes. And now I'm getting so freaking excited. Right. So I booked us this, this room at the Rosewood mansion in Dallas. And if you go look it up, it is stunning. It has like a Spanish vibe to it. It, it, It's immaculately designed. It's just, it was so beautiful. Five star, like next level. So I booked us a room there. I booked our flight and I booked the appointment at Cartier. You literally have to have an appointment to to shop there. So I booked us an appointment and we're good to go. And it was the end of August that me and mom, and I realize this is a lot of backstory, but it's, it's going to make sense here in a minute. It was the end of August that me and mom took this trip to Dallas and Again, she had no idea. I told her that it was like this work thing. And then eventually I just had to tell her it was a surprise because once we got there, it was like very clear I wasn't working. (laughs) We're like going to go get our nails done and eat and go shopping at Highland Park. And she was like, what is going on? I was like, okay, it's a surprise. Just calm down. So we go, we we get there. It was so easy. It, It was so like everything just worked perfectly. We get to the hotel. We have this beautiful meal at the hotel. They, I needed a ride to Highland Park. And and I thought that maybe they had like a car or something who could give us a ride. And they were like, actually, you could borrow our Lexus. And I was like, what? They're like, yeah, you could borrow it for up to four hours. But it was like 11 a.m. when we were there. And I needed it till probably that evening. And I was like, yeah, but I'm going to need it all day. They're like, oh, well, you can have it all day. (laughs) So they just like handed me the keys to their property Lexus. And we hopped in and we went and we got our nails done and went to Highland Park. And we had, we had like three hours to walk around and eat and shop until our appointment. And Highland Park, it's every luxury store you can imagine. 
Tom Ford, Prada, Chanel, Cartier, every single thing, Hermes, just dozens and dozens of the highest luxury brands that there is, is at Highland Park. Uh, They had a Rolex store. They had, um, what's the big one with all the, I think Harry Winston with the diamonds. So we just walk around and we are just beside ourselves. I mean, walking into Hermes and looking around and just like, you know, getting a few things here. Ooh, they had a Celine store and my mom, we walk in and I try on these glasses. She was like, you have to get the glasses. And I also wanted a bag and we ended up going back and she talked me into getting the bag. And I'm so glad that I got the freaking bag because now I get to look back and she talked me into that and I'm really thankful. So anyway, it's leading up to our appointment and we went and we grabbed a, a coffee at Starbucks and we're walking out. I was like, okay, now I need to tell her. And we're literally across the street from Cartier. So I set it up beautifully. And I was like, look, mom, there's a Cartier. Do you want to go in? She was like, oh gosh, Cartier. It's so beautiful. And I kind of like held my phone to the side because I wanted to capture this. And I, I ended up posting this on Instagram after she passed. But I, I set it up and I was like, mom, do you remember a long time ago, you told me about Cartier, about some sort of bracelet that was, you know, whatever. And she was like, yeah, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Cartier is, it's just, you know, they have the most beautiful jewelry. And what was that bracelet? And she couldn't remember the name. I was like, dang it. <laughs> and I was like, was it? Oh, it wasn't it the love bracelet. She was like, yeah, it was the love bracelet. Oh man. Whatever happened to that, that bracelet? That, that was so cool. And finally I just cut her off and I was like, mom, guess what? And she just looked at me and she was like, what? And I said, we're going to get one. And she burst into tears and she just couldn't even, I mean, she just, it was the coolest moment. She just broke down. I was like, mom, don't cry. And she was crying. And she just like was so shocked. Shocked because number one, Cartier, right? We're about to walk into the store. I don't even think it even hit her, but I just told her we're about to like go get a Cartier bracelet. And I think that like, her mind just exploded. And then two, that this surprise, it was, it was for her. Like I built up this moment just for her. And I don't know if she's ever had a moment like that. And I'm so, especially now in hindsight, holy crap. Like I'm so thankful that I got to live that and give that to her because it wouldn't be, I mean, it would be like, I kid you not a month. Let's see. Two months later that she passes. So we get our bracelets. We have the best time. We get set up and paired with one of the most incredible sales associates that I've ever experienced in my life. This woman, she's been working with Cartier. Her name is Barbara. Barbara um, in at the Dallas Cartier is incredible. If you ever have a chance to go, ask for Barbara because she has been working for Cartier for, I think like right under 30 years, something like that. And she was just telling us 
all of these stories of like all of these celebrities that she's worked with and and how people come in and like will easily spend like a million dollars and leave and you know she's used to like the high I mean just like the highest sales volume with Cartier and also side note she also talked about how Cartier treated their employees during COVID and when we were all in um quarantine and they were just the biggest class act when it came, like they took such good care of their employees. They didn't um, cut bonuses. They didn't like paid leave, all the things, you name it. Cartier like went way out of their way to do what was right, which made me, I was so glad she shared that because it made me feel really good about spending my money there. <laughs> and, um, so anyway, she just gave us the most beautiful experience. We pick out our bracelets. We both each got our love bracelet. I ended up getting, now I freaking forget the name of, it's it's a French name, but you know the, anybody who knows Cartier, it's the the nail design. The, they have necklaces and bracelets and rings and earrings too, I believe, where it looks like a nail that's wrapped around your wrist. I sound like an idiot because I don't know the, the proper name of it. But anyway, I got that too. I just couldn't help myself. It was a big day at Cartier for me. But we were just having the best time. And again, I was very pregnant and she, Barbara, our associate, she was so sweet and she like was helping us and, um, and knew, you know, she was so excited about the baby and, you know, we didn't know the gender and all things. So as we're, she took our bracelets to go package them for us in the back and she brought it out and she had this really big package. She said, in that is a present for your baby. I was like, what? What? And I opened it and she gifted me a Cartier baby blanket, gender neutral, cream color, stunning, just because, and I just thought that that was like, she didn't have to do that. It was just, again, the most beautiful, coolest experience. I've never experienced anything like that. And I was just a kid in a Cartier candy store. It was so much fun. So we leave, we are high on life. I mean, we are on cloud nine. We just felt like the richest women in the world, which we have never experienced anything like that before got treated like queens. We're in this stunning location. We're together. We're giggling. We take this cute picture out outside and we have dinner reservations in like 10 minutes across the street. And it's just that moment was so beautiful. I will never, for as long as I live, I will never forget it. So we go and we have our dinner and then we go back to the hotel and and that was that. And we flew home the next day. And me and mom, we we were able to to reconnect. And you know, and she was just so excited about the baby and and I'm just ugh, I'm just so thankful that I had that moment. So when I saw mom, she seemed great. As far as I could tell, she seemed great. She was eating she was moving a little slow, but she'd been doing that for a long time. Like, like we're leading up to cancer, the cancer diagnosis. And then especially like 
a year of, of, um, chemo, you know, she, she wasn't, she had to get surgery. Like I was just used to her moving that slow. So that did not seem like nothing seemed out of the ordinary. So that was the end of August. I had read September 10th and mom did not rush to come see Rhett, which in hindsight, I now know why. And in the moment I did think that this, I was like, that's weird. Cause like when Cruz came, like she could not be stopped. <laughs> she was like the first one at the hospital and with bells on, you know, so excited. And, but she kind of like took our lead and I was like, well, you know, don't rush over. You can just come over whenever. And she ended up coming like when he was a week and a half or two weeks old, some, something around there. And when she walked through the door, instantly, instantly, I knew something was wrong. She had lost, since the last time I had seen her, at least 10 pounds. And she did not have 10 pounds to lose. She already was very, very thin whenever I saw her. But like, it was a health, I, I know my mom and her weight, and it was like a healthy, very thin this was bad, 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 like 911 red flag thin. And I mean, you know, I hadn't seen her since, since our trip and she walks through the door and I, I was excited to see her. But the first thing out of my mouth was like, mom, you're, why are you so thin? She was like, yeah, I know. I, I don't know. I haven't been really feeling well and I'm fine. You know, I'm, you know, whatever. And I was like, that is so weird. And she's sitting there and I'm looking at her. And I mean, she is skin and bones, skin and bones. And okay, so this is where I'm going to get real because I'm going to be sharing some, some things with you that I am not proud about. And it's just really what happened, right? And I'm like, I am so dedicated to just only sharing like the cold, hard truth with you in this podcast. So I'm just going to give it to you dirty. But she was there. And from my perspective, she was there to help us with Rhett. And I needed the help. <laughs> I was not sleeping. You know, I was really looking forward to her spending time with him and also like getting some time myself. And that did not happen. And again, hindsight's everything. I understand now that she was dying, but I did not know that in at the time because I've seen my mom even prior to cancer. She so something that she would not mind me sharing here on this podcast is she was an alcoholic for most of my life. And she ended up being I think, shoot, was it six or seven years sober when she died? But like, so I had seen her in some pretty extreme health situations just in general. Like it really, I mean, there was always, especially, especially the past year, always something going on. So I was just kind of used to, to her not being fully herself, but I didn't realize it was as bad as it was. I saw how thin she was. But I, again, like I didn't realize until a little bit later. So she's there and like, I'm expecting her to kind of like step in and help. 
and she's not feeling great. You know, she makes it very clear she's not feeling well. So she goes up to her room in our house and she stays there. She has not come down. She stayed there like that whole first night. It was the next day I got up to like do some work stuff and it was like 3 p.m. She had not come out. And I was like, what the? And I'm getting pissed. I'm like, what the hell? Wait a second. Like, you come over to sleep. What is happening here? I'm postpartum. I'm like hormonal, you know? And anyway, so like she comes down. She's like, yeah, I'm just not really feeling that good. And she said, hey, um, I have an appointment in Nashville to get my levels checked at the oncologist. Can you take me? And I was like, I was so upset. I was just like, what do you mean? So my mom doesn't have a car. She got dropped off at the, I actually hired a driver to bring her to the house to get her there. So she couldn't just like drive herself. She couldn't even, full disclosure, I just, I, I wouldn't even want her to like drive herself with my car to Nashville. Like she, she needed somebody to drive her to Nashville to take her to an appointment to check her levels. And I was so pissed about it. And I was like, I had, it. oh, this was a week. Okay. I, I was a week from having Rhett. That's what it was. I was like, I literally just had a baby and you want me to pack up my baby and, and take you to Nashville. And it was like this whole thing. And I was, I was so triggered by it. And I was like, yeah, mom, of course, I'm going to, I'm going to take you to Nashville. Okay. So begrudgingly being like a freaking brat about it, I take her into Nashville to see the oncologist and I drop her off. And that day I had, um, a unity mastermind call with Melanie and I usually don't ask a lot of questions in there, but that day I was like, I really need support. Like, I don't know what to do. Cause I knew, I knew for a fact that she, I knew her cancer was back. Every fiber of my being, I was like, she has not been to the doctor. Not one time. Now, like she's clearly ill. I know she's sick again. I just know it. So I knew that like we were about to get a report back that the cancer was back and she would need to move in with us. And I just had this baby and I am not well. I am not well. So I asked Melanie if I could ask her advice on the situation. And I'm sitting, okay, let me just paint the picture. I'm sitting in a Starbucks parking lot. Rhett is barely a week old sleeping. I'm, you know, just, I'm a mess. I'm frustrated. I'm exhausted. I'm also concerned for my mom and I'm frustrated with my mom. And I open my mouth to speak and I just sob. I just like in, in front of all of the women in the mastermind, I just sob. And I'm like, I'm so frustrated. And I, I tell them what's going on. I was like, Melanie, if she has to move in with us, I don't know what to say. Like, I can't do this. I can't do it again. I don't have it in me. Not right now. I don't have it in me. I don't know what to say to her. And Melanie gave me like the most beautiful sound advice per usual. 
and I collect myself. And she was like, you have to talk to your mom. I was like, I know. I have to have like an honest conversation with where I'm at. So she, she, I go and I pick her up and we don't have the results yet. But I was like, mom, I need to talk to you. She was like, please not right now. And, and I know now it's cause she, she was also exhausted and not well. I was like, no, we need to have this conversation now. I was like, look, if this doesn't come back, we gotta, we gotta figure out a plan B. We gotta like find treatment in another place or whatever. And we had this like woman to woman conversation and it didn't go great. Um, but it happened. And long story short, a few days later, we get her results. She, she comes, so she went home and she came back to stay with us because they wanted to give her results in person, which is never a good sign. Right. So I have to take her back to Nashville. And this time, because I didn't know what the results were, I came in with her. I wanted to be with her to get the results. So me and Rhett again, we, we get there. And, and if you're wondering where Chris is through us, he is working. He had like, you know, full schedule. He had taken off a little bit of time to help me with Rhett, but like he, this was on me. So me and Rhett go and we sit with mom across from the table from her oncologist as her oncologist tells her that she has cancer again. It is returned, but this time it is spread to her stomach, potentially her lungs. Like it's not great, you know? And we talk and, and luckily mom and I had had this conversation. So we told the oncologist that we weren't going to be coming back to Nashville for treatment. Mom wanted to, to pursue treatment again. And the oncologist was like, great. Well, you, okay. You live in Crossville. Cool. There's an oncologist there. So she referred us and she was going to get in contact with this person. Okay. We leave. And again, like mom comes to the, to the house. We just got this news. We're stressed. We're scared. I'm hormonal. I'm exhausted. She's sick. She's exhausted. We are not getting along. It's just, it's just not good. I'm frustrated. I'm like, why would you not? Like from my perspective, I'm like, you did this to yourself. Like, why would you not go to go to the doctor and and check up, you know? And I'm just like <sighs> being a dick, you know, and she goes home and and that would end up being the last day she is at my house. And our last conversation when she was at her house was us in a fight. And I was just being such a fucking asshole to her, like straight up, straight up, like I was just not, it was not good. I was just so angry and frustrated. And I was like, here we go again. You know, and I didn't say, I didn't say that to her, but like, I was just so upset. And on top of that, like, again, I, I, I was like wanting her to help and, and she couldn't. And now I know why, like she was, she was dying at my house and I didn't realize how bad it was. She was literally dying. Y'all, it would be one week later that she's dead. Didn't know that. 
So as she's leaving the house, she and Ari are, are not getting along. And my stepdad comes and picks her up and takes her back home. And within days, she's at the hospital because it just, it progressed again so fast. So she had lost all that weight because the, it was, since the cancer had spread, she wasn't able to eat and had like zero desire to eat. And then, and then eventually got to the point where she couldn't keep anything down. Like while she was with me, I made her eat to the best of my ability, but then eventually she couldn't even keep that down. She couldn't keep water down. Like that's how, and then that's what ended up, that's what wound her up in the hospital and then from there, it was just like one thing happened after another. She got pneumonia, which got fluid in her lungs, which she was too weak and and everything just started shutting down. So that we on, on a Tuesday, she got admitted to the hospital on Monday. I was there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, each day driving over to see her with Rhett. And I would just like put him in the car and I would go and I would go back and forth. And then on Friday, we held her hand as she transitioned in shock, like in shock that that just happened. It was just, you know, you, I don't know, you just never she was sick and I knew like part of me, I think in my heart was telling me that it was coming. But again, we had had so many moments of drama prior, so many moments prior where I thought I was losing her that I didn't, that I didn't think that this was the time either until it was the time until it was clear that this is happening and there's no, there's no going back. And it just, it came like a freaking hurricane, just so fast, so fast. It made all of our heads spin. So we're just like, whoa, what just happened? What just happened? But the the silver lining, I guess, out of all of this, and I'll tell you why I'm sharing this with you, besides the fact that this is a personal episode and this is what I've been up to, but I'll tell you in a minute, but the silver lining was that when she was in the hospital, that first day that I came, she was conscious. She was talking. She was in good spirits for the most part, besides not feeling good at all. And I was able to apologize to her and share with her how much I love her and that I wasn't going anywhere and I would be back tomorrow and she didn't need to worry and all the things. And, and she understood that before I left, she understood that. And I didn't realize that that would be the last time that I would actually get to talk to her while she was conscious. So every time that I came back the days after that, she was, um, inundated and hooked up to tubes and unconscious but I think she could hear me and I, I continued to uh, obviously continue to talk with her. And on her last final day, her brother had came in from Maine. All of her kids were there. Her husband, my stepdad was there. Like everybody that, and her best friend, her best friend since kids 
had flown in from California to be there. All of us made it just in time on that last day to stand around her and hold her hand and kiss her goodbye and stand there in honor while she she let go. And I've never experienced anything like that before. I don't know how I'm not crying right now. <laughs> this is like, I, I thought for sure I'd be like breaking down, sharing the story. But I'm Christmas Eve, I was wildly emotional because of the holidays and her, she was with us last Christmas and this Christmas she wasn't. And that was like Christmas Eve. I was struggling. So I think that was my big sodium purge and now I'm good. So I think that's, it's probably for the better, but that happened. And I share this with you. I wanted to share that story with you because it's real life. It's what really happened. Also, I have regret. <laughs> I have some serious regret about the the last real time that I had with mom. And in the moment, I knew I would. In the moment, like as she and I were yelling at each other, I had a thought like, you're going to regret this. I knew, I knew I would but I did it anyway. And yes, I can look back on my situation and give myself grace and, and say things like you are hormonal, you are exhausted. You just had a baby, your mom's dying. Like, you know, of of course emotions were high and, you know, don't judge yourself. And yeah. Okay. Yes. All of that's true. And I still feel like a fucking dick (laughs) and I still feel awful and I still wildly regret the last moments that I had with my mom. And I, we had a beautiful time together in Dallas and I know that that was God given and it was all divine and, and it all happened for a reason at the exact time and way that it was supposed to happen. And you know, and if I see that situation for that, then maybe I can look at this situation and say, okay, well, maybe this is the way it was supposed to happen for what? I don't know. Maybe to share this with you in this moment right now, which is go love your people. Go love your people. Let petty shit go. I think to truly love somebody is to also be really freaking annoyed by them too right? To truly know somebody is to truly love them for the good things and the bad, you know, like, like, can you really say you love somebody if you also haven't seen them at their worst and been like wildly triggered and annoyed by them too? Like, I think to my best friends, my best friends who I've been friends with for over a decade, I would take a bullet for them. And also we have had periods where like, I hated them. <laughs> like they made me so mad. Right? Like like a sister like a true sister relationship. That's how me and my sister also feel. And that was a dynamic with me and my mom too. So like I think we can know that. And also also like now I think of my mom and I'm like man, you know what I just looked at? I just looked off to the side and in a frame off to the side of my computer is a note that she wrote me. So she used to like, when she would come and visit, 
she would like sneak around the house and leave like just little random notes here and there, like my bedside table. And she came in my podcast studio one day and left this note. And I, I ended up framing it um, well before she passed because I just thought it was sweet. But it says, your mama loves you and is so proud of you. XO or XXOO. So there's that. <laughs> Hold it together. Ah! 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 Damn it. So why am I sharing this with you? I'm sharing with this with you because I don't want you to feel how I feel right now and and regret it. Like we're we're all going to fight, right? We're all going to say crap. But like man, what I what I wouldn't give to be able to like hug her and and be able to like really tell her how much I love her. And really tell her like how much I love her personality and how funny she was. Like I just I was I was such like our dynamic, especially up until the end, because I was so just like triggered and kind of spent with her and overextended in a lot of ways. Like our dynamic was like, and you know, I was like the annoyed teenager all the time. I just like was so annoyed with her all the time. And I, I think if I could go back and change anything, it would be that the annoyed teenager piece because she was so funny and she was so loving and she loved Cruz so well. And I look back and I'm like, I just wish I could tell her, okay, here I go. (laughs) I wish I could tell her one more to like one time how much I love her and appreciate her for who she truly was that's what I wish I could go back and tell her. I can't change the fights. The fights are going to happen. We're going to fight with people that we love. But even on our trip to Dallas, we really didn't, we had that moment of reconnection, but I didn't like, if I had known that was going to be our last trip, the things I would have said, I would have said. And before I realized it was too late, it was too late. You know, I did get to talk to her and tell her how much I love her and apologize, but she was unconscious. And I think she, I think she did hear me. I think she did hear me, but I don't know for sure. And I know she can hear me now. And I know where she is now. I know she is, she's so much better off and she doesn't, I mean, she never, never held a grudge with me. I'm her kid. And I know she loved me with, you know, she didn't care. She didn't, she doesn't care about how annoyed I got at her, but still I care. And I want to share this with you because like, if there's anybody in your life that you know, you haven't like really told how much you love and what you love about them, just, just do it. Shock them. Even if it's weird, even if you make it weird, just make it weird. Make it weird. You will never regret that because that I have, I have, I'll never get over that regret. 
I will never get over that regret. But maybe, again, maybe that's why I have this podcast is to share that so that you don't have to experience that too. Okay, let me get myself together. I'm back. (laughs) Thank you for your patience. I know this has been a long one and I'm going to wrap this up, but that, that happened. So I had Rhett and then a month later, almost exactly a month and four days later, I lost mom. But I'm so thankful that she at least got to hold Rhett one time. Another regret I have is I didn't have a chance to get a picture of her and Rhett. I don't have one picture of her and Rhett because I didn't think that'd be the last time she was holding him. (laughs) And here we are. So what can you do? Um, Anyway, after we laid mom to rest, I dove right back into work because it was time to and because I needed it. And my clients are the most amazing people in the world. They're like, are you sure? Like take another week. Don't you? Cause I mean, I think it was, I kid you not like the week after the funeral, I went back to work and everybody was like, don't you need more time? And, but the truth was, is like, that was the, and it ended up being the best thing that I could have done for myself because I needed to move. Like I needed, I needed my mind to focus on things that really lit me up to, to like help me and to get me out of, of the funk that I was in. And it was so, it was so good for me. It was like, it was the medicine that I needed was getting back into work and getting in front of my mastermind again and, and creating content again. And I even created programs and it's been a busy fall and winter, like busy, busy, busy. One thing I regret, another regret that I had, well, I, I, no, 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 let me, let me back up is absolutely not a regret. A lesson that I have learned is, um, I overbooked myself like you wouldn't even believe. So leading up to having Rhett, I didn't know how long I, I didn't know what was, I, first of all, I didn't obviously didn't know mom was going to pass and that was going to happen. And I didn't know a lot of things. So I, I booked a lot of calls. I sold a lot of my, I sold a lot of intensives and a program called elite eight, which required individual calls for eight weeks with multiple women in addition to my regular client load. So like when I came back to work, when I tell you it was like zero to 100 up until this moment from mid-October when I got back to work until now, which is the 26th of December. Actually, my last day working was the 23rd. So from mid-October till December 23rd, I was hustling. It was so intense. I had so many calls. I had so much, quote, work to do. And it ended up being really good for me, but it also taught me such a valuable lesson, which was that is not the vibe. (laughs) Like there is a season for that. There are seasons where you are going to sell a lot of your time and that's just part of it and, and what you need to do in that season. 
But for me, I've already lived that season and I just kind of fell into the trap of valuing the money over my time. And, 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 you know, made my bed and it was, is it was a busy, busy bed to lie in. So now with in hindsight, with that wisdom, I'm going into the new year with this fresh podcast as my number one priority and creating content as my number one priority. I will, and also have a mastermind, which I will be focusing like that. That will be my high level mentorship is my mastermind. That's where I'll be focusing most of my time. And then everything else that I launch and create will be at a more scaled pace. And that is my structure and design of 2023. And I'm so excited to take you along on the journey and the ride as I pursue that because I've never done done it at that scale. I've always ran my biz- my business heavy on one-on-one because I genuinely love it and because that worked for me. But now life is just different. I have two kids now, two little kids. I don't want to miss this time with them. I don't want to look back and regret something else that big of like missing this special time with my boys. Boys? So crazy. So I made a promise to myself that 2023 was going to be different. It was going to be way more scaled. I like my job. My main focus is to create and to show up here for you and just to give you my all, just to bleed out for you in whatever way that looks like. So I feel like with this first podcast, if if you like this kind of thing, I think I've done a pretty good job. Obviously not all episodes are gonna be this, you know, it's gonna be personal. We're gonna get back to the business stuff, I promise you. But I think as far as like being honest and really peeling back the curtain, we have done just that and I feel really good. This has been really cathartic for me. So thank you for, if you're still listening, thank you for indulging me and for being here. Thank you for, if you were a listener of Six Figure Influencer and and now you're here and you're you're giving this new brand a shot, thank you. Thank you for sticking with me. And I pray that you continue to enjoy what I put out. So I think I'm going to wrap up on that note. Thank you for being here. I hope you had a beautiful 2022. I did even, even how it ended. It, there was so much beauty in it. And also I'm so excited for a new year and to, to be able to wrap that up and, and move forward. So I hope that's how you're feeling too. Let's make this our best year yet. I love you and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.